1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. And it says, Paul's ministry in Thessalonia. I put, I wrote Thessalonica. That's not the right thing. Um, But anyway. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God uh, to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know that we never use... We never used flattery, nor nor we put a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, nor from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you, because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked day and night in order not to be a burden to anyone while we were preaching the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so, it is, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we are among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each other Uh, For you know that we dealt with you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. It's quite a short passage um, in 1 Thessalonians, um, but I believe it says quite a lot, and I just want to pull two things. uh, The first of which uh, I believe one kind of theme that's in here is identity, and the other is um, humility. And we'll see how much time we've got after, we've, after I've done the first one. Um, and about Thessalonia and the Thessalonians. Uh, and basically, Paul went to Thessalonia, which is in Greece, um, to preach, preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus and his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, um, and uh, bring the good news, basically. Uh, and people came to know Jesus there. Uh, and the Jews didn't really like this, uh, or, or really like Paul for that matter, um, and they forced him to flee. So they had such strong oppression, um, Paul did, uh, that he had to leave, I think it was the country, but definitely uh, Thessalonia. Um, and Paul, a little while later, sent Timothy back to check on these guys that he'd, um, he'd encouraged and, and converted uh, and then Timothy came back with a report, and then this is what this letter is, Thessalonians, is a letter of encouragement off the back of a report Timothy sent uh, to Paul. Um, and my first question is, what, what is Paul trying to achieve in this letter? Um, and more specifically in the passage that we've written, that we've written, that Paul has written in this bit that we've read today. Um, so the Thessalonians, as we know, are being uh, persecuted for following Jesus by the Jews and other people and the Romans. Um, and they are new Christians, we know this. Um, uh, and then this is what Paul writes to persecuted 
new Christians. And I just want you to imagine uh, yourselves in, in this position of being really oppressed and having to run away and, and hide from people. And, um, you know, if, if someone found out that what you believed, um, what they believed, what you believed in Jesus, if, if somebody found out that you'd probably be killed or stoned or seriously harmed or your social status would severely go. So that's the life that you live if you're a Thessalonian, Thessalonian in, this, um, in this church. Um, and then this is what Paul writes. And it sounds quite positive, this this um this message and um and quite cheery almost so my a question i had whilst reading this is is why why is paul writing encouraging like fluffy nice things when they're facing some serious problems um and i he tells them indirectly he says that paul's approved by god and entrusted with the gospel but by saying that i believe um that's in verse 4 um, I also think he's saying to them as well um, that they are approved by God and, and that they are entrusted with the gospel. So he's handing over this this job as well to go and, to go and preach, even as new Christians. Um, and it, he basically tells them their identity and encourages them, um, even in the midst of this. He tells them their identity in Christ, basically, uh, and how God sees them in the midst of all this. Um, and I guess just to bring that into reality, I just want to share a bit of about my story. Um, when I was in year 10, uh, I was 14, I think. Um, I'm dyslexic, so I really struggle with studying and reading and, uh, and things like that. And in year 10, I used to work in uh, the school's theatre, and I, um, I loved it. That's where I kind of got my, you know, began a love for music and and my skills as a sound engineer. That's where, that's where that whole journey started, really, with me. And if it, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have, wouldn't be doing what I am today. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have the job that I have today. Uh, and I got really close with the guy who ran it, a guy called Graham. Uh, and one time, all the team got pulled in the theatre um, really early morning. I, I remember one of the heads of Yish screaming my name down the hall to get me into this theatre. It was, you know, I was going to miss my lesson, so I could tell it was serious. Um, so I went in. We were sat on the front row, and there in front of us as the theatre team, we were all students in the school. There was the whole senior management team, every head of year, all the behavioural staff, the deputy heads and the head teacher and the school nurse. Um, and we were told that Graham had died in a mountaineering accident. Um, so there I was, a 14-year-old kid, struck with grief for the first time. I didn't know how to deal with it, didn't know how to process it. And... Um, I guess that, that season of my life, and I, I just kind of spiraled downwards from there. I, I had a great supporting and loving family, but I kind of ignored them uh, at that point. And I had great friends, but ignored them too. I didn't really know how to talk about it. And I'm an extrovert that needs to talk, so I just really struggled. Really, really struggled in that season. I became depressed, um, although I didn't really know how to put that, that word to that feeling or lack of feelings uh, at that stage of life. Um, and in the midst of my depression uh, in that season, I, I never stopped reading my Bible. I never stopped, you know, playing my guitar and worshipping in my bedroom kind of thing. And in the midst of all that, the only thing that I felt God say to me was that, that um, he told me that I'm his child. And, and he told me and reminded me of my identity in him. Um, and, and 
And that reminded me when I was reading this, this passage of this is a really bad situation. And in the midst of it, Paul isn't giving tips and tricks of how to avoid the Jews, how to avoid the Romans. He's telling them their identity in Jesus and encouraging them and giving them what they need to know. Um, and Paul gave. Um, and why? Why is the main question? Why do we need to know our identity? Why is that more important than practical tips and actual things that we can do rather than a concept that we have to... Why, why is Paul saying that? Um, and basically, um, our souls and spirits and bodies and minds work in a way that we, our feelings respond to the truths that we believe. Um, but our, this world tells us that we can have our own truth as a response of our feelings. I feel good when I buy things, therefore I put my hope and trust and faith in you know, capitalism, having things, having more things, having money, being safe within the knowledge that you have, you know, you can buy things or you have what you need or you have what you want. Um, but in the kingdom of God, it works the complete other way around. Um, there's our feelings are a response of the truth, if that makes sense. I'm going over this very quickly and I apologize. It's quite a big thing to, to talk about. But basically, this world tells us that we can believe what we want. We can have a truth that's our own, that's completely unique to someone else's. But the Bible tells us that there is one truth and that we should believe that, behave from that belief, and then our feelings will follow. Um, And that, I believe, um, is what Paul is giving the Thessalonians in the midst of this um, really, really bad situation. And why? The truth sets you free simply. Um, and now, you know, I moved, I moved to Hoxton from Watford. Um, I got a, a new job. I got engaged all in the past three months. Uh, my whole life upped and moved into another place. And my feelings told me that this was a really bad situation. I didn't know anybody. I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't, I couldn't do it. And I, you know, there's some things I'm struggling with I'm in a different church, in a different place. I'm in London it's, and I'm an Alderner. It's all very compressed and tight and there's too many people around. And um, my feelings told me that this is, this is horrible and that I had a bad life. But the truth told me that Jesus was with me in the midst of it. And that's what Paul was saying. And, uh, have you ever heard of the, the, the book, The Five Love Languages? Yes, no, yeah. It's basically, there's five love languages, how we receive love. And, and I believe God has a love language, and that's obedience. But the way he gives love is encouragement. And I just want to read the last few verses of this passage um, that we read. For you know that we dealt with each of you as, far, as a father deals with his own children encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And I, yeah, I just really feel that God today wants to, to encourage you uh, and speak to you about who you are um, in Jesus. And to do that, we need to allow God to, to give us encouragement. We need to listen effectively. Um, yeah. 
So I'm just going to, should we all stand together? And I'm just going to pray real quick. Um, yeah. Jesus, I thank you um, that you're here. I thank you that you love us and that you're with us. I thank you that despite our feelings, you call us your children. You call us sons and daughters of the king. We are heirs of the throne. So come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here. Come and breathe on us now. Come and speak to us now. And just stay in this place. And if you're, but if you're feeling, um, I just want to, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about maybe a truth about Jesus, about God that you're struggling to believe, or a truth about yourself that you're struggling to believe. Um, Because the Bible tells you that you are, and God says this, and I believe God's saying this today, and that you are significant, you are accepted, and you are secure. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You are a branch of the true vine, Jesus, a channel of his life. You have been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit. You are a person, you are a person spirit-empowered and, and a witness of Christ. You are a temple of God. You are his child. So just receive that now and just allow God to encourage you whatever darkness you're facing around you today. <laughs> 